Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast, an honest account of actor life plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, and today we are bringing on, I think, our first three-peat guest, Brian Pataka. Now, he has been on before talking about coaching actors. He did a live coaching segment. But since the pandemic began, Brian has really honed his craft and his skill set to help actors not only show up in their day-to-day career as true working actors with plans and work and quality to-do lists, but also mental health behind them, Brian's also pretty well known at this point for his program, Make Agents Want You. And I wanted to get the details on all things agent relationships. Brian and I have been talking for a long time about doing this podcast and getting you guys insider information about the different sides of agents, and we realize this is actually too much content for one podcast. So here is what you're getting from Brian. Today, we are talking a great deal about agent relationships when you are in them. We hit a little bit off the top on getting agents and managers, but then we really delve into being a good client how to get your agent's attention if you feel like you haven't gotten it in a while. We talk about what it looks like when an agent is good for you, what a good relationship looks like, and the steps to finding out if someone is your person, if it's time to have a come-to-Jesus talk, and if it's time to close the doors on that relationship. We also really wanted to hit on the fact that a lot of people don't have representation. So we decided that we were also going to do an Instagram Live. That is going to be April 13th. It's a Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on my Instagram channel. So if you want more of this type of content from Brian, if you want to hear about getting reps, keeping them, all of that good stuff, Brian has a bird's eye view because we have great information from all of the reps who have come on the podcast and all of the ones who are so frequent with sharing all of their inside information. But getting his kind of info is really beautiful because he is in the day-to-day working with mass amounts of reps at a time. So I think everyone's opinion is valid and his from the sample group he has is quite freaking large. Over 500 actors he has helped to get reps. So we have this podcast today. We have that Instagram live on April 13th at 1 p.m. on my Instagram. But we also have an exclusive webinar that Brian is going to teach live just for my One Broke Actress community. I am so pumped. And listen, you guys, I get offers like this pretty often of having people come and speak with me on Instagram Live or they want to be on a podcast and they want to promote X, Y, and Z. That's not what this is because Brian and I have worked together previously. We have really been together in this business for a long time and I trust him wholeheartedly with my people to give you solid takeaway information no matter where he meets you at, whether it's at a free capacity or a paid capacity. And listen, I don't feel like this about a lot of people. So I am giving you my genuine, true, honest opinion that I think Brian has a lot of special stuff to share and he's doing it in an incredibly unique way that is truly working. So if you guys want to join us for that webinar as well, that is makeagentswantyou.com slash Sam. And all of this will be linked in the show notes as well. But we need to get to today's episode because we need to get onto the current content that we have ready for you. So make sure you put all those dates in your calendars. Make sure you sign up for the webinar. And without further ado, please enjoy Brian Pataka. Okay, so off the top, Brian Pataka, what do you want to say to everyone? I need to tell everyone right now, first of all, that I live in Pasadena, California, and in my neighborhood, there are wild peacocks. So at some point during this podcast, you hear me stomping on a dead cat. I'm not stomping on a dead cat. Peacocks are really loud and aggressive, and it's mating season. So um, I think there's supposed to be a good sign of good fortune to come. So when you're... oh. As an example. As an example. So I think that is a sign of good fortune to come in this conversation. If you're listening to this, I'm going to imagine that the recording carries with it the same good fortune. I am broken. This is perfect. Well, now we have like a background noise. It's perfect. Nobody loves a podcast more than animals. So let's roll with it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's the best quote. Yes. (laughs) More to the point, Brian, you are not a newbie to this podcast. This is your third episode now. So we are 
uh, almost as like, I guess I've done two of your podcasts. You've done three of mine. We have quite a rapport going. A lot of my people know who you are, but do you want to give me like your logline elevator pitch synopsis of who you are and what you do? Sure. First, I want to say hi to everybody who already knows me, and I want to thank you for having me on a third time. I feel very lucky to be on your podcast. I think you teach such take, take such excellent care of this community and of your listeners, and so I feel very honored to be able to join the conversation. So thank you. Every time I feel that way, but I want to make sure you hear that. Um, I help actors get what they want without suffering is the shorthand version of what I do. Um, I help them get representation, have a career that uh, supports them, um, and I really I come to this background with a, a a divin divination, you could say, ordination as a non-denominational reverend as well as a life coach. And so I really, the bottom line for me is that if you are called to acting, then it is your birthright and it is what you're here to do. And so no matter what actions we take, of course, I want them to be fulfilling. But if it is your birthright, then um, it should feel fulfilling as we take the steps. It should feel like you're walking towards what you want. Um, and it should feel like the responsible thing for you to do is to pursue your acting career and to be in your acting career. And the irresponsible thing to do is the opposite. It should feel selfish for you not to pursue your acting career. And so I was listening the other day to this woman in the Ukraine and she runs a cultural organization for artists in the Ukraine. And she was talking about, she was she says, all these artists coming to her, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And she was saying, your paintbrushes, your bullets, your 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 work is your bullets. Your 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 acting is your bullets. Your music is your bullets. It is your it is your shield and it is your bullets. It is your way of making a, an impact right now. And I think that that is true for every creative person. I think that we are meant to be here to pull humanity forward. Oh, it's really nice to start a conversation like that because sometimes in these kind of times it feels like uh, we're not really making a difference. Our careers don't really matter, especially when. Like sometimes I audition for no line co-stars. So it's like, what difference do I make? So it's really beautiful to start the conversation in that way. I hear that. And Sam, I think that that's the gift, right? That you bring is also like, hello, we we know that these peacocks are really wanting to be on the podcast. They've not, this is their first time on a podcast, I guess. Um, so the, you, you bring- <laughs> No the, media training. You, no media training. No media. <laughs> right. I also think that that's the part of the practicality of it is we have to remember we're part of a bigger picture all the time. Right, even in the co-star world that has no lines, is like, what does that show have to do? What is the, like, let's say you booked that, and then who did you interact with in the costume department that needed to meet you on that day for the thing that you said? I think there's just so many other pieces we we write ourselves off of the impact we have, other than we're on screen or on stage, and it is so not just that. Mm, especially when like ninety seven percent of this career is not when we're on set, so that's. Yeah. <laughs> A really totally. lovely reminder. Well, yes. I, I actually wanted to start us off in a different place because I, you and I worked together many moons ago when you had your little place in Los Feliz and I would drive between my jobs and like scram some lunch in my car and then go sit on your front porch and wait for you to get done with your last client. And then, uh, which is funny because then my friend moved into your old place, which is super weird. So uh, weird. <laughs> I know. I, small, this smallest world we live in. And then you know, your career and your trajectory has taken off so much since then. And you, you know, in that time, you also helped me kind of get my mindset together, figure out where it is I wanted to go at the time. We helped, you helped me get a manager then when I felt like I had nothing to offer. And I would love to know what about you and your process has evolved from that place? Like, I guess that was like six years ago. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm engaged now. You're married now. So think about that. <laughs> a lifetime ago. A lifetime, right? Okay. You know, it's funny you ask that question because I would say that my journey from then to now has been me stepping more into my purpose, which I think is a, people might have a hard time, uh, like, I don't know, identifying with the fact that I was like, I was an actor and then I was like, I don't want this anymore. I want to be with actors. And I, and, and I think that can seem foreign, but what I can, but the best way for me to equate it is, you know, I was going to set, I was booking in LA. I was lucky enough that I had a career where I was booking something. So I got a taste of what it really meant to be acting, right? I had, had, a, successful, I had a successful career in New York. Then I came to LA and I was booking some TV and I would have to cancel on my clients to have to be on set or go to an audition. And it kept bothering me. And so over the past few years, as I've been able to have a, maybe touch more actors is the best way I would describe that in the best way possible. The way you touch more actors sounds a little funny when you say it like that, but what I mean is reach to more actors, right? Mm -hmm. Be able to reach people and owning more of 
the the truth that one-on-one work, I love one-on-one work. I'll never walk away from one-on-one work, but that there are certain things that I was doing like with you where I was like, oh, I'm teaching the same thing to everyone that I'm working with right now. Is there a way for me to make this into something that could be digested on your own with me as a support on the side? And so being able to make it into more of programs and things like that, it just became both easier to deliver to the actor and more affordable and more possible for me to stretch the success that I was seeing. Because I was seeing actors have success and I was only able to do it in one hour chunks. There's only so many hours in the day and also, you know, boyfriend and life and go to the gym and do this. You know this. Um, So, (laughs) right, right. And so I was like, I would like to help more people. And that's kind of where it came from. Mm -hmm. And then also 2020 was, you know, let's just say the, the COVID years have been not great for everybody. But I will say that one of the things that I saw in my own work is people were home and so they were willing to do some work or do something with that time. And I think that did give an opportunity for some actors who maybe have been resistant to like saying yes to doing things online, kind of being forced to do it online. And then also gave me the space to, oh great, there's more actors willing to try things so then I can really lean into how I can make it even more better because I'm getting more actors working with me and I'm adjusting it to work with the actors. And so my trajectory- sample group grows. Yeah. Yeah. Sample groups go totally. Yeah. The testing of it all grows. Right. And I would just say that the, the, it sustained me in 2020. I would not have made it through had I not had actors waiting to see me on a call every week or twice a week where I knew I was going to see faces, where I knew I was going to, this makes me emotional. I had no idea. Um, where I knew I, um, Ooh, you're getting me too. (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, like, like, I don't say I have no friends, but I will say that I think about my actors more than I think about my friends sometimes, right? And like to know that you are putting so much skin in the game day after day. And we know that there are moments when you feel fully validated, but I know there are more moments when you don't, right? And so not to everybody every day, but that that is the pattern and that you are trusting me to hold your hand or be alongside you in some way or form as you do this. I take that responsibility very that's very precious to me, as I would say. And yeah. so I beautifully during 2020, even all this stuff I was going, had a very, I had a very clear purpose during that time. I've got a community of people who need help, who need some focus, who need some support, and I'm here. And the peacocks agree. The peacocks agree. Your whole your whole <laughs> team is on board for this. <laughs> well, I feel as though your shift in helping as many people as possible has also gotten much more targeted in terms of, I want to help you feel growth in your career. I want to help you find the team that will assess that growth and make it expand. Do you feel like you agree with that? 100%. Because I think before it was a little bit, and I actually think it is helpful to the the person receiving it, the actor receiving it. Because I think that it can be like, let's fix your entire career as actually a little bit daunting versus what is the number one thing you need, right? Like, oh, you know what I need? I need my representation to be on point. Let's focus on that situation, whether that's the relationship I have with the one right now or finding a new one, whatever that is, versus, and I actually think it should live outside of like the general running of your career. Um, I sometimes think of like the general running of your career is your responsibility and the reps are one person who's just helping you make it happen mo bigger, mo better. And so um, I think that I, you know, I have this, I have a very fervent belief. Every actor deserves to have representation. Um, and I, part of why I have this feeling around this, this isn't like that the actors, you know, walked into their first acting class needs representation. I don't want to sound like a, like a Yahoo over here. But what I mean by that is I just saw so many actors who didn't have reps chained to the workshop game, the trying to stay in touch with casting directors, the trying to get a TV credit or a worthwhile credit outside of like the field. Like you're not even in the stadium because you don't have representation. And I was like, I... I'm not going to buy into this anymore because I can't stand how much money, time, and energy and heartbreak goes into chasing a credit. And I was like, how am I going to not say yes to that? So I started to really come to a place where I was like, I'm going to kind of like, I'm putting all this work that I do into that. And I'm saying, how do I make it about representation? Because I believe that is the way for you to get those auditions. So let's quit chasing credits and let's go over here. And so that helped me as a coach because I was buying into the idea, let's do both. And I really don't believe that anymore. And I don't, that doesn't mean I don't believe you shouldn't like stay in touch with people you've met before or that you'll ever get a booking without reach that you should, I do believe you should be reaching out to people and all that. But I really wanted to let go of the idea of chasing the credits where we know the auditions are most likely going to people who it's gotten them in a breakdown, that a manager agent was a part of this process. So trying to weasel our way into those auditions was like, this is just like a backwards not fair way to think about it. 
um, and too hard uh, on the actor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. I think I've said it before, but I think that actors looking for agents and managers is the death of several careers because it's the thing that people can't get. And so they just give up and walk away, which I am all about assessing your freedom to, to move on to the next creative thing, to give it a pause. All like I fully support, I don't believe in actors quitting. I think that that should be taken out of the repertoire, but in terms of like leaving behind something that could have been beautiful, I I feel as though that happens a lot in the agent manager game. You're, you articulated something that is so painful. I, I meet a lot of actors or former actors just because you live in Los Angeles and it's very possible. And a lot of time the language you'll hear is like, it just kind of wasn't happening. And I don't want to push very hard, but typically what we find out is like the path that they were on, this is of no fault of theirs. I want to be very clear, but the path that they were on, the actions that they were taking are very much towards let me do a showcase or let me use a target list or let me ask my friend's agent for a referral or, and it can, and you just fall into this category of the actors who are chasing representation and it's never really happening. And then you kind of, you go to acting class and you feel good about yourself. And so you feel like I'm in my acting career. And then you have a shitty, like a week of like trying to reach out to people. Maybe you get one others and you go back to acting class and you feel really good and you remember this is what you're meant to do. And so, and at a certain point, that acting class wasn't nurturing enough to say it's worth the heartache week to week where I'm not seeing the real traction. God, I'm like nodding my head off my shoulders because I was there for so long. And it's pain. And it, to me, it pains, it hurts me because I just see so much maybe not getting to have the experience of what they wanted as an actor before they walked away, before they decided something else was for them. And it's literally being about the fact that there's a huge black hole around how to do the business. I mean, that's not as much true anymore. I really want to say that. Like, I think that when I was coming out of Northwestern, there weren't this many, you know, explosion of coaches in the world and podcasts and all these things were things to support actors, right? But there still is this little gap that happens even inside where I think an actor is born to believe, any artist is born to believe like, it might be different for me. Like someone might find me or like, I'm good enough where it's going to be about me being found in like that little, and like, Oh, oh Ryan. yes, you are. Am, you are so. Good. I am so special. Like this is the same reason that I think that I'm going to be in a plane crash one day is because I'm special. Like I'm the exception to the rule. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's a really good analogy. Like because no plane crashes happen. Plane crashes happen so rarely, but I it will happen to me. That's a little bit of what this falls into, right? And the thing is, is yes, you are a beautiful special creature, just like the peacocks right now, right? You are a beautiful special creature, and I wish that the odds were in your favor in that way. And it's just not how it works. Um, and I think part of what I think why this comes from, a lot of actors are coming from like a collegiate experience of training or an acting studio where they're for a few years, not everybody. But that teacher's job is to build you up into believing in your technique and to build you up into believing that you know how to do this. And I think it's great and that's what you should have. But I think there's a weird disconnect from you're doing this right, you're getting it good, where it doesn't connect to how does this relate to the business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I have I have about a thousand questions for you in terms of the getting representation, but you and I actually have a special time reserved to go on Instagram live and talk about this. So that is going to be linked in the show notes for everyone because that's really important to me. I believe it's April 13th at 1 p.m., but I'll it's in the show notes. So double right. check that. It's, it should be a Wednesday. And check my Instagram because we're going to like, we are going to dive into that ocean on Instagram live. But I also wanted to talk to people on this particular podcast because I feel like you talk about that topic a lot. I want to talk mm -hmm. specifically about representation relationship when you're in it because just because you have someone doesn't mean you're set. And let me tell you, Brian Pataka, I was the <laughs> first person to believe that as soon as I get an agent, I am off to the motherfucking races and like this town has never seen something like this before. And listen, <laughs> a part of me still believes that like a few things need to line up and then that will be true. But also, like I've I've also factored through a lot of different agents and managers at this point. So let's talk about people who have representation, right? Like what does it mean to have a good relationship with your agent that you've seen? Because I talk to agents and managers all the time and they give me yeah. their definition of their good client relationships. But overall, what are the through lines that you see in those good relationships? 
I love this question. And I want to just real quick, any listener who's listening who doesn't have representation yet, I want you to stay listening because everything I'm talking about when you have representation is also how you go about assessing if someone's going to be a good match for you. So I really want you to listen, lean in with that kind of ear if you're the actor who doesn't have representation yet. And if the actor who does have representation or is thinking about getting it, let's talk about a good relationship. So the first thing that an actor always asks for, I want to know they're really good at communicating. Great. That is on your plate that you want to know that they're good at communicating. Your version of communicating may be different than theirs. It doesn't mean they're bad at communicating. Have you ever dated anyone in the history of the world? Have you ever dated a straight boy in the world? I've never dated a straight boy, but I just hear the stories, right? I've dated so, a lot of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So we have to think of like bad texting, right? You kind of have to figure out how in the beginning of a relationship, you have to, I don't say lay down the law, but you kind of have to show up the way that you want to show up so you can figure it out. So I do want to just make sure that everyone does not Sometimes I will hear people put good communication over an effective manager agent. So like, oh my gosh, they communicate so well. I haven't had an audition in a year. Cool. Something's not right here. I'm glad. So what that what you're so you're, what you're saying is I'm going to be really kind of tough love here. You're bringing all your mommy and daddy baggage to your agent and manager relationship, so you feel validated validated in your career. So because they're communicating well with me, it makes me feel like I'm seen. It makes me feel like I'm validated. At least I have a resume, a logo to put at the top of my resume or on my actor's access profile. Like I feel like I'm in the business. They communicate with me well. They tell me how much they're doing and I'm not going out. That's not working. So you have to be very aware of that. I'm not saying it's their fault they're not going out. So I want to be mindful of that. But I just want to notice one thing that actors ask for a lot is communication. In the way that they ask for communication, it kills me. So we're going to stick about, we're sticking to the communication silo for a few minutes here. Okay, Sam. All right. I love it. The number of times an actor says, hey, in an email, I'm like finger typing right now, right? Like, hey, I wanted to check in with you because it seems like things have slowed down. What do you think's going on? Or, hey, can you take a look at these headshots? I'm trying to decide A and B. Or, hey, do you think this role is right for me? Or I'm trying to decide between two headshot photographers. Which one do you want to pick? And this is all over email. So you're going to be disappointed with whatever answer you get. That's what I believe. And the reason why I believe that is you're setting yourself up for a short answer over email when in many cases you need to hear someone's tone of voice. You need to give them the ability to be expressive. You need to give them the ability to think on their feet while you're listening to them think. If you think about this as an actor, we get to know who someone is and the beat changes, not on the line, right? So you're you're short-circuiting that relationship by making it an email. And you think out of a service to the gods of efficiency, capitalism, and patriarchy, that you're going to send an email and be efficient, toxic positivity, toxic productivity, that you're doing a great job being a client. And you know what? Some agents will say, email me about that stuff. It's totally fine. If they have not said that to you and you want to have a thoughtful conversation, pick up the phone, get on Zoom, do something like that. Ooh, a lot of people are real, real, real scared to call their agents. Oh, I know. That's a sign of a shitty relationship or a not clear enough relationship with your agent to me. Now, if you're scared, here I want to I want to make I want to put a huge caveat. If an agent has said to you, "Hey, I love to run my business over email. It's totally fine to ask me questions there." Like, I also want to make sure, like, we have to listen to the per- partner we're in a relationship with. So, I'm not saying that everything has to be a call. But if I were in the beginning of a relationship with an agent, I want to be the actor who has a talky conversation relationship with my reps. So, I'm going to behave that way in the beginning to show them that that's who I am, and then I'll read their you know, physical characteristics or the way that they respond to see, Hey, is this the best way to connect with you? Right. So I think that's a good conversation to have. Um, but I, no matter what, whether or not they have said, I prefer email, um, I would be very clearly saying, Hey, this is something I think we should get on the phone for. If it was that kind of a conversation, you should never have the, I'm not getting enough auditions conversation over email. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What are you even doing? Are you just trying to, you're going to throw a little, you're trying to throw a dagger at me? What do you want me to say? Yeah, you're right. Like my, yep. People in your category just aren't getting auditions right now. What else am I going to type to you thoughtfully? I'm not going to spend the time to type you a thoughtful email about what I think is going on in your career, but I will have a conversation with you. I have some, I have some follow-up questions. Give me, give me. a, A lot of people that I talk to on the regular who contact their representation via their preferred channel and they get nothing in return. Ooh. 
And I get so bummed for them because Mm -hmm. this was, this was the person they were so excited in the beginning. It might've been fire. They're like, they got me two auditions right away. They got me three auditions right away, or I booked something or something like that. And then there's a period of dead silence. And then they email, they text, they call and like nothing is returned. And they come to me and say, do I need to break up with my agent or manager? And my heart breaks because they're just put in this instant situation. Where do you go with those conversations? Yeah, such a good question. And I hear the same stories. First things first, I'm going to back up and back in. I'm going to back into your question. First of all, I think you should be in contact with your reps every three weeks at least. Like by their preferred channel? In some way or another. So you might have an audition, which counts to me as being in contact with them. You might be telling them Agreed. you're booked out Agreed. and they're saying to you, hey, I just booked out. Like I like to think of the two, three week actually. Two weeks is better. Three weeks is okay. That you're in contact with them. It's I like al- you've touched the rock. Like you've, yes. you've touched yeah. the rock. Yes, yes, yes. And then I also think in a world where we're now seeing people go out into the world again, you should see them at least once a quarter. See them. If you can see them in person, great. If you can't, over Zoom, like see them and re- they need to remember the energy of who you are. Remember, that's what they're selling. So it's a little weird to me when they're not interacting with you. I mean, I'm sure it's weird to everybody, but like they need to know what the heck you are. And if you're you're moving and growing and evolving and you need to refresh them and what it's like to be in a room with you, that's what's so important. So I just really think that they should see you in real life every three to four, every, every quarter. Okay. So let me back into this a little bit more. So that's the first piece. So if you aren't doing those two things and then you say to me, I haven't heard back from them from an email I've sent. Da, da, da. I was like, well, when's the last time you sent an email? Oh, six months ago. Okay, well, we have problems. Because I think we often will give the scepter of communication to our manager agent and say, they're the ones who are supposed to give me auditions. So I just sit and I wait until they tell me. Also, I never book out because I'm always available to them. So now you're losing another opportunity to connect with them because you're not being a real person. Mm, and well, and the pow- the power struggle on top of that, right? Especially when actors are are new and younger. I see this all the time because they're in their early twenties, and their agent might be in their late thirties, forties, fifties, and they feel as though they are beholden to that person, and they should like totally. be small. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's I'll, I like to use that to your advantage. So I like to say, if you're a new age, a new client with a new agent, you can say things like, "Hey, this is the first time I'm with an agent. Can you make me sure I'm doing this right?" Like a lot of playing dumb can go a long way. Do you like to use email or what's we be on the phone? Hey, I thought I'd call you today because I want to like be use. I think that's a great place to use it as an advantage. As long as you're calculatedly losing it and not being unconsciously like, I'm just doing whatever I want all the time. Like saying the part that the trick of it is, I think Sam is narrating. This is my first agent relationship. So I might have a few questions along the way, right? You're saying it out loud so that they're getting like, I'm not just an annoying client. Okay. The agent who's never responding. Okay. So I think the time for like what I would call the come to Jesus conversation with that rep, some version of, hey, this could be an email and I probably would leave it as a voicemail, right? And say, hey, we haven't talked in a long time. It feels a little bit weird because I haven't heard back on a few things and I don't want to be annoying, but I also want to make sure we're still connected and things are still happening. Can we set up a time to chat? You don't get to set up this conversation by pretending it's not happening. Yeah, just being like, you don't be like, hey, what's good? Like, can we send it? Hey, can we get on the phone sometime? Like, you have to like be like, oh, hey, bitch. You're not responding to my emails. Get it together, bro. Yeah, like acknowledge, ask for what you want, right? I just did a podcast before this that was about sending better emails. And I talked about like be specific in your ask and be realistic about the response you're looking for. So if you're not specific, how can you be realistic about what you need out of it? Yeah. And also, what if the lack of communication between the two of you is no one's fault? Hmm. That's the question I want you to ask. Once you start to, so it's not my fault and I'm going to imagine it's not their fault. So instead of it making be about them not responding, I'm going to say, Hey, it's a little, I feeling like I'm not hearing back from you a little bit. I want to make sure everything's good. Can we hop on the phone to check, check out some stuff instead of being like, you're bad for not responding to my emails. It's acknowledging the weather right now. It's raining. I promise you the person who's not responded to your emails knows that they didn't respond to your emails. In my business, we have a value around this. We call it don't smack the wound. And what it means is like if someone owes you five bucks, they know they owe you five bucks. You need to tell them every single day. They like feel crappy that they owe you five bucks, right? Like I owe her dinner or whatever it is, right? So the what we don't need to say is you have not been ready, but you say, I haven't heard back a few, a few times. I just want to check in and see if we're doing good. Can we get on the phone? So it's not saying you're wrong. It's not saying I'm about to leave. And then you get to have that meeting. And that I think is... That's how I would, I want to make sure I'm answering your question though, Sam. That's what I would, yeah. how I would respond to is like to say something like that. And then, so I had a client who was cl- not n- dead, silence, nothing, can't get anything, nothing, phone call, total radio silence, or do they even exist anymore kind of thing. 
where she had to send an email that was like, hey, if I don't hear back from Friday, I've reached out a few times. I haven't heard back. I haven't been able to get any answers to these things. Uh, I hope I'm not misreading this, but I'm getting the sense that maybe things aren't, we're not connected right now. And if that's the case, I totally understand. But if I don't hear back from you for my Friday, I'm going to start to look elsewhere because I'm, I don't know what's going on. And you say it, she said it flat out without saying you're doing anything wrong. She heard back from them and they were like, you're right. We've been totally MIA. Please look somewhere else. We're not able to help right now. Can we all be pissed off at that person? 100%. Were we getting an answer by being pissed off? Probably not. It was by saying that, right? I hope that's not the path for anyone who's here. And I want everyone also to hear that, like, I strongly believe in renewing your vows before asking for a divorce. So I do think there's a world where when you're with your reps to say, hey, can we get aligned? I haven't heard back on some things. I want to check in with you. Let's get on the phone. And then you can send the shit or get off the pot email. That's what we call it around here. Like the like, mm. hey, it's been radio silence. I, I'm, I don't want to misread this, but it's telling me that maybe we're less connected and maybe there's somewhere else I should go. So I don't want to be, again, like I said, I advocate for renewing the vows. But number two is you do have to acknowledge like these people disappeared if that happens. Does that help? I Yes. there And there's a lot of fear around getting to the point where, you know, I have actors who have said to me, I didn't want to ask these questions or demand some sort of meeting when I wasn't hearing anything because I was afraid they would notice me and then drop me. Please let them drop you because guess what? You don't That's have an agent anyway. You're, you're fooling yourself into thinking you have reps anyway. So what you're saying, so wait, that's a really, I hate that path and I understand it because they need to be noticing you or you're not getting auditions anyway. So they are an agent or manager in name only, not, they could be actually doing good work for other people, but it's just not a connection for you. So rather, I want to really take out the idea of anyone doing anything wrong or anyone even not doing their job. I try to have all these, I try to base this conversation or steep your mindset in I'm going to have a positive and generous assumption about everyone involved. Everyone is doing the best that they can. If we can steal from Brené Brown here, everyone is doing the best that they can and we're just not communicating and everyone is doing the best that they can. And I'm just not getting auditions. What should we do about it? That's where I like that conversation to go. Like if that's, if I'm bleeding into the next part of the conversation is when you're not seeing auditions, please let us cross out the line. Like I want to strike through. What can I do to make your job easier? Please, we cross that line. We're not allowed to ask that question anymore. I hate it. Oof, I've sent that email so many times, <laughs> so many times. And the reason why is it makes you, I believe, takes away your status and it takes away their job. It actually takes away part of their job. I would rather say, hey, I've noticed we haven't gotten that many auditions this quarter, like super offhandedly, like no emotion is going on with me about this. I'm just saying, we haven't got a lot of auditions this last quarter. We're kind of down. What do we think is going on? Rather than, I really want to check in because I haven't seen you in a while and I want to make sure I'm showing up and so you know I exist, like secret secret monologue in your head, like please submit me for jobs, right? Which is what often ends up happening. Instead of... Maybe the question is, do you think my numbers look good? Like, do you think I'm getting seen the right amount? Like, is this what you would expect with where I'm at right now? I just want to check in with you. I know you're submitting me. So I'm just, this is more about what do we think's going on? And yeah, then you can go, great. cool. I just want to clear, I, I want to clear my expectations here. I just want to clear my expectations. I feel like, you know, you, you could also, I love to throw every actor in the world under the bus. That's the phrase I like to use. Look, every actor in the world probably sits with you and says like, I want more auditions. That's not what I'm trying to do right now. I want to just get a little clear on like, am I having the right expectations? Like, are we happy? with how much I'm getting out. Would you like, I'm sure we all would like to see it more, but is there anything you can see we can point to that might boost those numbers? And I like to see the word we a lot that we can do because what I want is in that moment, I want that agent and manager to agent and manage, which is what they like to do. Remember this isn't, they don't like to just click ATM, submit, get auditions. They like to think about it. That's what they call it. So they're going to go, Sam, let me think about Sam. So she's got great headshots. Da, 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 da. You know what? I keep submitting you to this office and I know they don't know you yet. Can you find out if they're ever doing a workshop? That one office is one where I just, you shouldn't be known by them. And I keep trying. I've pitched. It's just not happening. I don't know if they even offer workshops, but that's one office where I think it would make a difference. So that conversation gets to change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And we all love homework, right? We all love, if actors love a specific, if you can tell us, hey, these three offices are where we'd like you to focus on, like, I, every actor I know is so motivated and so 
concentrated in their work that they will get seen by that office in the next year. I can guarantee it because everyone works hard. They just need, we love direction. We love direction. And I will just, and I love that. And I'm going to give you some, a little bit of homework. You can pre-homework you can do before a meeting. So because you know, you want to have the, Hey, what can we do conversation? I think when you're talking to it, when this is the renewing vows category, we're talking about that. We'll talk about dropping your agent a little bit later. When we're in the renewing vows category, you could go in and say, so what do we think is happening? Let them talk a little bit. Then you, because you're a prepared, amazing, incredible actor and you're listening to the One Broke Actors podcast, you go and say, great. Well, I did look up three workshops that I was thinking about and you already know you can afford them and you already know you can make it to them and you already know you like the studio where they're offered. Like You're like, if they picked any one of them, you'd be like, yes, you're not going to put any dipshits on there. And you're like, um, that I looked at and I thought might be good, but I can't afford to do all three. Is there one you like better than another? And I love to throw out, I can't afford to do all three out and here's why. If you do another one, it's a bonus. They know you're budgeting for your career. You sound smart. You've done your homework. Or you could say, I'm not sure that I can afford to do all three right now. Is there This way, at least you can get a prioritizing there, right? So I loved, that's one way to show you've done your homework, right? The other way you can show that you've done your, and uh, let me let go of the idea of showing that you've done your homework. That's not important to me. But that you have also, when you're going to ask, when you're going to go in a meeting and say, hey, do we like my numbers? I think you should show up with like some ideas, not the only ideas, but some ideas. The other could be, um, cool, um, I know you mentioned like maybe that workshop. I also looked at my headshots. I feel pretty confident about them. Are you ever, I feel pretty good about them. Like I'd say like at 85%, you can like truly be truthful about it because I think almost every actor is like, well, I could get one more. Great. I think you can say that, then say that. Are you ever seeing the need for a headshot that you don't have is a different question than I think I could go get one of me looking like XYZ. Are you ever about to click submit and like, I wish I had a photo of Sam that looked like this? And if they say, no, not really. I think I got, then that gets them a very different conversation instead of you just surmising. Yeah. And it's such an empowered way to come at it. I love those. Sometimes all we need is like the title of the email. You know what I mean? Sometimes all we need is the lead in to get us. The headline. Yes. Yes. Before we leave this particular conversation, I want to touch on comparison of rep situations Mm. and audition numbers because I'm seeing this a lot. And uh, in situations like we go to these clubhouse rooms or like on Instagram or things like that. And we see because now more than ever, even more than when we were in audition waiting rooms, we're seeing actors like ball game. We're seeing like they'll share when they do work or they'll talk to these people about what they've been doing or their numbers or all of these things. And the comparison syndrome to want to be like, I'm going to call my agent because I don't have nearly these numbers mm. is really harsh. So when someone gets into that, as you call it, compare and despair mentality, yeah, especially when it comes to agent relationships and audition yeah. numbers and bookings and things like that, what's a good way before we send this renew the vows, shit or get off the pod <laughs> situation, yeah. how do we get ourselves out of that tactic? So I think one of the things to think about there is – Sam, you and I have a crossover of friends, right? Mm-hmm. And you have friends that you're closer. We probably have a crossover of friends. That, there's ones who you're closer to than I'm closer to. And the, I have friends that you don't know and you have friends that I don't know. So if I'm an agent and you're an agent, there's going to be rooms that you're easier to get into and that I'm easier to get into because I know them a little bit better. So first things first, we need to like not expect that agents and managers are level playing field, just like actors. <laughs> they are at a level where they are like, Damn it, I can never get my clients into Allison Jones's office or like they are like they are they are doing their own version of a hustle. So we have to first acknowledge that. I have this really strong belief and it's going to sound harsh. Uh which is you can move into an up and coming neighborhood. I don't love actors have to be with an up and coming agent because your clock is ticking and you feel your clock ticking. And unless that up and coming agent is a friend of yours that's getting some traction somewhere, then I do think it might not be the perfect match. So I do want to just like offer that one thought here. But when you're comparing and despairing, when you're seeing someone else's numbers, I think it's really important to for take a deep breath, step back, all that stuff. Acknowledge what you're wanting before you get into another conversation. So, oh, rather than numbers, oh, she's going into an office that I've never gone into before. Or they're going into a film Oh, I don't even want film. Oftentimes we'll discover that we think we want things that we don't. We take a second. A Course in Miracles, which is my background as a reverend, would say, oftentimes our objectives are uh, opposites to each other. They cannot both happen at the same time. So just notice, like, we can't, we, we, we might be not true about, this might not be true about yourself, right? What you think you're wanting. So first take a step back, notice what you're wanting. Oh, I'm wanting to go out for more for TV. Duh, I know that. I know that already. 
You can have a conversation with your agent about it if you feel like compelled to do something, but I would want that conversation to feel really safe for your agent because let's assume your agent is busting their butt to get your TV auditions and the numbers they're seeing are like the best numbers they're even seeing on their roster or that they're, they could ever imagine getting from you. So rather than going in and saying, my friend's getting all these auditions, you go in and say, hey, how do you think we're doing in terms of TV? Are you seeing what you want? Would you expect it to be more? Or any of your other, like, are there other clients who are seeing more that have different material? Or like, is there anything missing from what you're having? When you look at my material versus what your clients who are getting more auditions, what do you see them having? And then you get to make it about that relationship. And then you get to go, okay, now let me take the 10, let me, let me zoom out and go, how does my agent stack up against maybe someone else's agent, which is a different conversation. And I think the stacking up is a different conversation. It's like, cool, I I might have a really close relationship with this agent because it's a boutique agency and I get good auditions from time to time and they're getting out more because that agency, just be mindful of, you know, there's also this thing that I find that happens where you could have a friend who's with an agent who is doing so well and then you go to the agency and it's not working at all. I don't know if you've heard the story, I've heard the story multiple times. There's magic that just gets made with this person and this person working together. That's, it's, they're hitting it out of the park somehow. I don't know why. Everything on paper looks, I've had a client who was like, everything on paper about this rep is perfect for me. I fit everything about it. It should be the perfect rep. I don't understand. It's like, you're just not doing the hokey pokey together. This person's doing a tango and you're doing the foxtrot. Yeah. <laughs> I know we compare it to dating all the time, but like some people just aren't, they're good on paper, you know? Yes. And, and it, just not good for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't, and what I want to be mindful of is, again, the first place I go is let's just make sure everything on my side of the street is clean before I decide that I need to change, jump, I need to jump ship, right? And to me, jumping ship, do you want to talk about jumping ship a little bit? I do want to talk about jumping ship. I think this is because we've hit the take over your space check in, be a good client. And now let's talk about when it's just not going to work. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to leave the outlier of disappearing act managers and agents. Like, I think that's clear. We've talked about that process where like, okay, they have disappeared. They don't exist anymore. The other version of this, there's a sneak, there's a part of it where, again, once you've done your cleaning up the street, I like to say, be a all in client. If you're going to renew your vows with this person and really have that come to Jesus conversation of like, hey, do you like these numbers? What can we do? Blah, blah. I say for three months or four months, that's a good amount of time to give someone a try if you're going to do that, is to uh, be all in on that agent. You will not have a negative. The phrase that I like to use is I will not be a safe harbor for negative thoughts about my agent. So I'm going to say that again. I will not be a safe harbor for negative thoughts about my agent because that means for the next 60 days, let's say you're going to do two months. Let's do that. For the next 60 days, I'm, I know I will have a negative thought about my agent. I'll see somebody else's freaking Instagram post or I'll find out about my friend's booking or whatever. And I'm going to want to think about it or I'm just going to be walking down the street talking to my mom about my agent, whatever. Um, and I'm going to think about it, right? But I will not be a harbor for negative thoughts, meaning I will see them out on the horizon I will, there'll be a little boat out there and it's got a skull and crossbones on it. It's the pirates of bad thoughts about my agent. And I'll go, I see you negative thoughts and thank you for showing up, but you don't get to come in here. I'm like making a hugging, hugging motion with my arms. You don't get to come and have a safe harbor where I'm going to entertain you and talk to you and hang out with you and come up to the tavern and have the lusty wenches serve you beer. Like we're not, com- you're not coming into my, you're not coming into my harbor. <laughs> I'm giving you a pirates of the Caribbean moment. It. Right. So, so I'm you don't. So you don't, so like, I know you're there, but I'm not going to think about you. So for, for 60 days or 90 days, however long you decide to do it, I often have had clients have a practice of like, you're going to write down two things you love about your rep every day. Some of it you get to make up. I love that whenever I call her, this happens. I love that whenever I email this, happens. I love that she has kids. I love that. Um, I love having her name on top, like just her name on top of my resume, just things that you're adding every day to thoughts. And at the end of the 90, 60 day period, if you really allow yourself to go all in on the renewing of the vows and you've done it and it's not changed and you've been a great client, you did everything they asked you to do, then you get to go, now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to decide. Did I see enough of an improvement? Did I see enough of a change in myself too? Did I show up? Because I showed up differently for those two months. It wasn't just them. I showed up differently for them. You have to make sure that it's not just them that has to change. This would be like being in a relationship and being like, well, I hope he figures out that I don't like it when he doesn't text me back every single day, like at four o'clock. 
right? Or it's like the best analogy I can think of is like when you have a roommate and you're like, I'm super mad at them. They didn't take out the garbage, but you're never going to tell them take out the garbage. Like you have to own, you have to own yourself in this process. You have to bring your own darkness to the light, I would say. Um, okay. So then once you've done that, and if it hasn't fixed, you get to leave. I think that you get to say, hey, this has been great. I think we've reached the end of the line. Tons of gratitude. Pro tip for everybody. You never have to tell someone why you're leaving. It can just be we've reached the end of the line. I think that I think okay. we, I think I'd like to make a different course. I think I'm going to take a different direction here. That is it. If you're super close with them and there's an integrity piece around needing to tell them why, then honor that piece of the integrity, but do not feel compelled or that it is your responsibility to do so. Can we talk about the breakdown of that email being sent? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> You make me worried when you say that. Because that's the hardest part sometimes. Yeah. Because you know, you know, you're gonna do it. You know, you're gonna. Let me listen. I have a post on one Burke actress, and I'm like, steal this template of how to break up with your reps. But it's it's easier said than done. And I think sure. just clicking the send button and then uh, checking your email uh. later and like, oh, did they respond? Uh, uh, which half the time yes. they say. Uh, best of luck on your journey. Like uh, that's the only email you get back. I'd actually say probably like 75% of the time. 100%. Yeah, yeah. The actual email. Why is it so hard to send? It's hard to send because of the aftermath. You're right. It's a hard, like, are, what are they going to say back to me? That's actually why. The wording is as simple. You've, you said like you have a template, but it's like, hey, Steve, I wanted to reach out to you and just say thank you so much for all the work that we've been able to do together. I think I'm, I'm going to go a different direction. I am going to choose to go a different direction right now. Um, but this is a small business and I'm sure that our paths will pass again in the future. And I can't, I look forward to that day. And I just want to thank you for everything that you've done. Of course, if you have any questions, you're welcome to give me a call. I like to leave the door open so that if they have a question, they can, I feel like it's a piece of generosity and it's brave and it's courageous. Chances are they're never going to take you up on it. I've broken up with six reps at this point and one of them called. Did and you that one was she call? was the it was the least professional one of all of them, so I kind yeah. of expected it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The other thing that I always say about this is find your own integrity in this, and this is the tougher part. This I think is if you're not if you don't honor your own values and your integrity around this, that's when you'll feel crappy. So, like for example, you might say, "I feel totally confident and okay with this being an email." You might go, "I think this needs to be a phone call," and then honor it. Because I think that those are touchstones in your career that are preparing for you for who you need to be in the, the later part of your career. I can just, I'll share one little mini story is when I, I was with Paradigm when I came to LA for commercials and was I with Paradigm? I was with Innovative. I was with Innovative when I came to LA for commercials. Um, Both great and I re- agencies. <laughs> right, right. And I remember when I signed with them, I was, I remember the thought to myself is I can go with this boutique agency or I can go with Innovative and maybe that's about me stepping up and I'm going to say yes to it. So it was like a big, scary kind of exciting moment for me. While I was with them, I wasn't seeing the kind of auditions that I wanted. I'd really gone down in terms of number of auditions and I had a lovely relationship with them. And when it was time to break up, I knew for some damn reason I needed to go in person. I couldn't tell you why, but I was like, I need to go in person to do this. And the head of the commercial department, I, she and I weren't close. I mostly worked with my person who was my person. And so when I went in, I had a box of Sprinkles cupcakes. Tell me what year it is. It was the year of the Sprinkles cupcake. I it was the year of the Sprinkles cupcake. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I went in and I said, I decided I'm going to work with someone else. And I wanted to come in and say that to you personally. And I want to tell you in person. And I just want to thank you so much for everything you've done. And it felt a little bit like visiting your aunt at Chris at the holidays. Cause like here I am with something in my hand, like a hostess gift. And I'm like saying something, right? I felt a little bit that energetically. But I remember the head of the department saying, Brian, I really appreciate that you came in person and said this to us. And I still something about I became someone else after that moment. There's a strength that I identified myself. And I'm not saying that to pump myself up on your podcast. I'm saying we can. Lose, we lose opportunities to be who we want to be in tough moments like that. And I just encourage everyone that the email may be the simple way, but just check to make sure it's the right way for you. Because you can say that same language in real life or over the phone. And you, everyone here is super capable of doing what I just described. You just have to decide if it's right. It might not be like me going there would be weird. Like we've never, like I've never been there in real life or whatever, right? So just kind of to suss out your relationship to decide, make that decision. I think that's really helpful. And Something that comes up a lot when these emails come up is uh, I get asked, what about the contract? And I say, well, first of all, basically every agent contract you're ever going to sign has a clause that's both parties can call this off with due notice if they both agree. And chances are if you want to leave a rep, 
they are okay with you leaving. That's that's what my experience has been with everyone. So I get that question all the time too. And I have had one experience in the history of time where a rep gave someone a hard time and then two days later was like, forget about it. <laughs> so it was not a hard time. And I've also had the experience where I had moved to a new rep and was still booking a job with the previous rep where I had to give commission to the older, the old rep. And then the new rep started to negotiate. So I had to give commission to both of them. So like, just know that this is a business where it's created to take care of that situation. Um, of course, we can't say that we're giving you perfect legal advice right now, but I just want everyone to hear that like, that's been the experience. There's a few questions from this topic in the Patreon as well. Do you have some time for these? Yes, please. I love it. Let's do it. They are so great. What if you and your reps disagree on your headshots? For example, this uh, Patreon member said, I got one set I love just before signing with my current manager. She dislikes the style. She had me get new ones she loves. I don't like them so much. What's the middle ground here? Do I just trust her? Oh, I'm sorry you're in this position. First of all, let's just start right there. So I have a bit of an edict that I like clients to hear, I like actors to hear, which is your agent or your manager is the expert at their desk, not you. So when they are submitting you, they are the ones who are hearing back from casting directors. They are the ones who are choosing the photos. They are the ones who know what seems to be working for their clients. That being said, that is their individual human experience. You have your own individual human experience. You may say, actually, when I'm self-submitting and I'm using these pictures, I'm getting way more auditions than when I'm using these other pictures, which is data, not drama, which I like to use data and not drama. Right. So I just want to honor your manager agent is an expert. When they ask you for something, run, do not walk and get them whatever they've asked you for. The longer you take, the more it means they are dissatisfied with the materials that you have. So I want everyone to really hear that. When they say, get a new headshot, get me a single shot, get me a, I need a scene on tape, run, do not walk. That is when you are saying, oh my gosh, they don't have a hammer and they're trying to hang up a picture every day. And every day they're left without a hammer. It doesn't mean do it cheap. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it has to do it expensive. It just means know that they are every day feeling like they're without a tool. So don't take those very seriously. So when you've got that, if someone's sitting out there like, they told me to get headshots three months ago, great, get them tomorrow. Like make it happen. So when you've got the two different headshots thing, the first thing that I would say is great. My manager agent really believes those headshots work. If you believe strongly enough in your version of the headshots, I would test it. So upload your own headshots or upload, upload them all. So you've got them up there. Say, great, I'm going to only submit my headshots for the next month, even though I'm not really trying to get some of these jobs, I'm just going to see, do I get more auditions when I'm submitting these, these older headshots that I like better? And if I do, then I'm going to just report that back to my agent manager. You might also, one more thing, remember, honesty is going to build a relationship. Nothing else is. Have you said, Hey, I know you like those pictures, but I really have to tell you, I love those other ones so much more. Is there a world where you might want to use like this one? Because at least this one I think is better. Or can I, if I upload them, can you try some of them out? And then let the person explain themselves. Well, I was going to say, what a great way to continue a conversation with your representation and getting to know each other, getting to know your styles, all that good stuff. It's a lovely door to have open. Yeah. I also like saying like, I am still shocked you like those pictures. Like be aghast and show your emotion and be funny. I am still shocked like those pictures. I have to tell you, I was hoping you'd pick none of them. Obviously, we're running with them right now and we're going to see auditions come in. Awesome. If you ever second guess yourself and want to go back to this shoot, here are the six I would love to post. Let me know if you have any different ideas. Like putting it out there is like, I'm gonna, this is, this is going to be my last ditch effort, my last hurrah for saying I like these other pictures better and then I'll shut up about it. But I just want to make sure you, I want to, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be kicking myself if I didn't at least let you know that I think these are still better. And then let them say, no, go, 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 go get a milkshake and calm down. I got this I for love, you. Like, I love the idea of adding the humor into it because we can take this, oh my God, we take this so seriously. And you know, I'm one who's like, if we can't laugh, if we can't enjoy ourselves, this business will eat you alive. Well, just remember, also remember this, everyone listening right now, you have a secret power, which is, Listen to the humor that Sam wants you to bring into all of your emails and that the communication you bring, because every other actor in the world is being the serious, precious princess of the world and being like, I really like these other photos better. Do you think that we could maybe try using these instead Instead of like, oh, I'm so disappointed you picked those photos. Oh my God. Okay. We're totally going to run with them. But if I could say, I realize I'm saying this with a tone in my voice, but you can write it that way or you could get on the phone with them. Yeah. There's the magic of your phone call back again. And then, and wait, and then to this to this lovely Patreon, this lovely Patreon person, I would say, and then you release the other headshots and you use them on Instagram and you live your life and it's going to be okay. Yeah. 
Because you know what? In a year, you'll probably get new ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. Great. Our uh, next question, there's two more. Uh, is it tab? I have feelings about this. Is it taboo to leave one rep and keep the other if the rep you're leaving introduced you to the rep you stick with? Now, I'm going to get my feelings off the bat. I think yeah. that if you've developed a relationship with another representation, no matter how you got introduced to them, they are now your representation. It doesn't matter. You can leave the person who introduced them to you. Be grateful when you leave the rep that initially made the connection. But to me, I hate when people say, I'm just so loyal yeah. in a business that is built on business. Well, and I also think I'm just so loyal sometimes is I'm just so in, I'm just so uh, cowardly is another way to interpret loyal sometimes. So just check in. I'm not saying every, loyalty is a lovely trait, but just be mindful if it's not cowardly of taking a hard action. So I just want to get a little clearer on the question. I'm a, because I could be getting it wrong. Are they saying like, I'm with an agent who introduced me to a manager and now I'm going to leave the agent and stay with the manager? Is that kind of the scenario we're playing out? Okay. Is it kosher? Yes. Is it tricky? Hell yes. Because you better check in with that manager before you leave that agent. Because that manager might say, I am the reason why you found me is that agent and I'm glad you're with them. And I want to, like, I would not take this action without connect, connecting the dots to the person you want to stay with. That is a tougher conversation, but I think it looks something like, I'll give you the briefest of language. Hey, Mr. Manager, hey, Mrs. Agent, whatever it is. Um, hey, um, I'm thinking about making a chain with, to manager, right? I'm thinking about making a change with my agent. I want to check in with you before I do anything because Laura is the one who introduced me to you and I really respect her, but I'm not, on that side, I'm not seeing as much traction as we are together. I want to check in with you before I do that. Do you have a different idea here? Do you have a different thought around this? Or am I way misguided? And is there kind of backstage stuff going on that I don't see with Laura? So that that's also another touch point for you to have a conversation with that agent. So I would actually use that as another reason to have a conversation, right? But I don't think it's um, not kosher to leave. I think it's just tricky for how you make it happen. Because remember, I've had a client do this where they're with an agent and manager. The agent introduced her to the manager. She's with the manager. She left the agent. The manager was like, you can't leave that agent and dropped her. Because they had not had a conversation because it wasn't because, because the manager deserves to be part the manager is working in tandem with your agent or in some way understands they're in orbit or in satellite with you. They under, even if they don't talk that much, they understand they're part of the package. So for you to just say, Hey, we're going to get rid of the dog. Not okay. I don't mean to make an agent a dog. I'm just trying to say like, if we were in a relationship and you got rid of your dog, I'd feel pretty upset. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's part right. of the family. I totally yeah. understand. This yeah. this last question is a little off topic necessarily of reps, but I think it ties back in because we tend to refer to finding people in our repertoire as expanding our network. And oftentimes yeah. people get agents and managers from having a network. And this yeah. question was, can you advise on actually growing a network? And this could be, you know, a half an hour long conversation, but in terms of making yourself a more not opportunistic, garnering more opportunities for yourself as an actor. Yeah. There's a lot of steps into this. So I'm going to get you started on this. I have to come back and listen to me and Sam on the 13th when we do our IG live to really talk about yes. agents about this. Um, it is it is on the 13th at one o'clock. I checked. So, yes. so the way to build your network, there's a whole other piece that I'm going to leave for a different conversation or a part two conversation, which is about how to stay in touch with them. Because if you build a network and you don't stay in touch with them, it is way, it is a fallow field of weeds that grow. It is nothing is happening. You're not feeding weeds. So that's a second conversation. To grow your network, there's some very standard ways that everyone probably already knows. Like go to workshops, go to events. Uh, remember that the person sitting next to you in your acting class is going to make a pro- pilot in two years. Um, that everyone, I also think that the belief you have to have around growing your network, like the mindset belief. So that's the first step here is every single person that you've been introduced to or have met in your lifetime is exactly who you're supposed to have met by now and could be the right characters to help you have the rest of the career that you want. So we have to really, the peacocks are green, right? You have to really believe that the universe is organizing itself. So the person sitting next to you at that event that you went to is the person you're meant to meet. As opposed to, I went to that event where Steven Spielberg was on the panel. I want to run up and meet Steven Spielberg. No, you don't. The person you're supposed to meet is the person sitting next to you. Steven Spielberg was the bait that got you all to go there. And so I really believe we have to say that every person around us has value because we're so quick to write off a friend who's making a web series versus someone we don't know making a web series. Like if we know the person, they're worth less. And I want everyone to remember like my dream for every actor is that they become offer only and when you're offer only, it's a, only about relationships. That's it. It's about your reputation. It's the end of the story. And right now, many actors in the beginning of their career are like, well, I didn't audition for it, so it's not a big deal. 
Are you kidding? You didn't audition for it. They gave you the part. That is the go to CrossFit and get rid of your competitive vibes, bitch, because that is not what we're trying to do here. So there is, and I will say there is something like super attractive and fun about being an actor where like a little bit competing against the people, like you can bring that energy to it. And like, there's a high you get from beating out other people. I totally understand it. If I'm being very vulnerably honest, that's one thing. That's the only thing I miss about acting is that little bit of a high you get when you book. I don't have that kind of a high in that way. It kind of feels like, it kind of feels like you win. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that overcomes your ability to say my network is more important. So obviously workshops, obviously, I also think that you should take every audition you can freaking get your hands on. Be selective in the way that you're not wasting time and you're not doing too many in a day and you're not like just like people doing something in their mom's garage, whatever. I understand that. But like, remember that the person who's it, a student filmmaker at AFI is next year at Sun by, South by Southwest or two years later. Like, do we have to remember that the projects that are around you, those are people who are moving and shaking because they're hustling right alongside you. And we're often looking for the hustler who's already arrived. Whereas the hustler who's alongside you can hustle with you. I like to think about Judd Apatow and that entire crew of actors from Freaks and Geeks, that show that happened. And all those actors are now all working together all the time. And I realized Freaks and Geeks was a real show. I can put that in quotes. But remember, that is still all relationship-based. So I don't know if I've answered this question in the best way. I think what I would say is you probably already have a large network and you're just not giving them the love they deserve is the number one thing I would say to almost every actor in the world. How do you give them that love? That's up to you. Do you send one email a day? Do you send one email a month that goes to everybody? Do you reach out to them personally? How do you just keep letting people know that you're in this business and you're moving forward? Um, you know, Sam, you've got a great platform because you've got a podcast where you're kind of loud and proud about it, right? Not everybody wants to do a podcast, but you guys, I do believe saying I exist and I'm in this business again and again is a necessary part of your career. Unless you want to go off and be a hermit and act in a cabin somewhere, which actually for other art forms works. Like you'd be a writer, you could be a painter, you'd be a musician, you can like write things and then suddenly put it into the world for acting. You got to be in it because your art form is a form we experience in real time and it that's why we love it, right? And so I think that that, whether that's on film or on stage, right? We love it in real time. We have to see you doing it. And so um, that is why I think networking is the heart of uh, being seen. And so embracing the idea that people around you are the ones you're meant to know. I think there's an uh, indigenous poem, I think, that says something like, the ones we're waiting for, we are the ones we were waiting for. Oh, God, that's beautiful. I think, you know, it's and it's just the long game, right, of of just being here while it continues to, while everyone around you flourishes and you flourish. There's a, there was an episode earlier this season with America Young, who's a director and a stunt coordinator. And she's, she's just incredible. And she said that she had a good friend who now has the agent of her dreams because the guy who was a bartender with her for eight to 10 years became an agent. And it's not what you expect. No, it it just turns. It's just. It's sometimes that's the beautiful thing that that happens. And she was like, "He and I are so close in our relationship from agent to person because we were in the thick of it together. Like we were like Saturday night slinging shots of Jameson." And I just think that's such a beautiful example of just continuing to exist in your circles and finding your people along the way. And also, like, be a good person all the time to everyone around you. Like if you need a little extra motivation, if you need a little extra motivation to always be kind, there's a reason. (laughs) I think the good guys do win. Good gals do win. I think the good people win uh, at the end of the day, because it means you're valuing relationships. And and one of the things I think about networking is also if you stay in touch with your network, I believe that like keeping a database or all that stuff, those are just tools that help you be the person you want to be. Because I think sometimes actors can be resistant to even having a database because like they're people, I don't want to track them or like they're going to remember me anyway. And it's like, no, make a database because you're going to get a big career. and It's going to be so big. There's going to be so many people that you know in your lifetime. So use a database so that you can just keep track of who you met and stay in touch with them. We're going to have to do a separate podcast about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was beautiful. Brian, you and I are working on something together. Do you want to kind of give people information about what we're chatting about? Oh where we're going? God. We have we're gonna be hanging out so much over the next couple of weeks. I love it. I love it. So I'll I'll give information and you help me where I didn't where I've left any holes in it. So okay. Sam has graciously uh, invited me to speak directly to you, her audience specifically, in a very exclusive and live masterclass that I'm teaching. It's called Make Agents Want You. I created it two years ago. It's been bouncing around for a little bit, so you might have heard of it, but I haven't taught it live in this way, except for in very tiny 
um, communities in a long time. Um, and I've learned a lot in two years of helping 562 actors get representation. And every single day, this is Sam, this is such a gratifying part of my life that I probably need to take in because I don't always say, I get an email or DM every day from a client saying, I just signed with a manager, I just signed with an agent. And they're so happy. It isn't just like rando manager agent, they had choice. They were able to show them really fulfilled and worthwhile and say what they wanted. A lot of the stuff we talked about today. So in the webinar that I'm teaching just for your audience, it's going to be live. And so what that means is I'm teaching the class. Sam will be there to introduce me. The Peacocks may be there too. And then afterwards, I will have a full, <laughs> we hope so. And then afterwards, I'm going to be there for a Q&A so that you know exactly how to apply this training to your own career. And this isn't just a like bait and switch. Let me tease you with a few little strategies so that I can try to sell you into my course. Of course, I'm going to invite you into the course, but you need to know that this training that I'm offering you, Sam would never have me come on if it wasn't worthwhile. So the training really does give you actionable skills you can take away on the same day that you attend. I mean, we've I, we've been talking forever about this. Forever. I was like, yeah. And we've been, I mean, point by point, I was like, I want to give them lots of good stuff. I want to give them this. I want to give them that. And you were like, yes, yes, more, yes, more. Yes, 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 yes. No, I, yeah. You know, I've, I haven't done anything like this before in terms of like working with someone who had created a webinar. So I wouldn't do it. I've been offered it before, but I've said no because I'm very protective of my people. So having you and your full heart in this is something I'm 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 just so excited. And listen, I'm going to be at the webinar taking notes too, okay? There's like a spot open on the roster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so cool. <laughs> um, and Sam, I just want to thank you for that because I, you know, I love to over-deliver and I want to do that for your crowd for sure and make sure that I really make this something that you can take action on. And if you're that person who already has reps, I also encourage you to attend because secretly like a, a portion of this class is about how to become a better writer. We talked a lot about writing actually today. And the part of this will teach you that and you'll just walk away with that skill. We know the exact date. Should we tell them? Should we spell the T? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's all going to be linked in the show notes as well for everyone. It's on April 19th. We are doing this April 19th, totally live at 2 p.m. I would say, so listen, we I always say it's an hour long so that people can feel very like, I only have to put an hour on my calendar. However, the Q&As have been known to go for a whole nother hour. So if you want to black out the time or you know you want to get into a juicy convo with me, just set aside some extra time because I really, you don't have to be there for the two hours, but I do want to make sure you can run out into the world and do something with this. And if I if I didn't clear something up for you today in the podcast too, I would love to hear from you about that too. So much good stuff coming down the yes. pipe, Brian. Thank you for this. We're going to see yes. you so soon. Yes. Uh, you're going to be linked in like in terms of your podcast, in terms of your website, your Instagram. Is there anything else you want to point people towards right now? Only that if you're interested in that webinar that you go to, just so you don't get lost, it's makeagentswantyou.com backslash Sam. And that way you'll be at the one where Sam is. I, know, I th thought Sam would be a good one, right? I thought it's the cutest. <laughs> uh, makeagentswantyou.com backslash Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. And I really just want to thank everyone for allowing the crowd of peacocks to be here during this podcast. It was low grade distracting to me. I'm sorry, Sam, that I had, I was a double guest or maybe a triple, I don't know how many were out there today, triple guest. Uh, and if anybody is interested in seeing the peacocks, please head on over to my Instagram and you will see that I have one that comes every single morning. I'm just, I want to tame him and make him my friend. Maybe you'll see him at the webinar. Who knows? <laughs> I, girls can dream. Thank you so much, Brian. You're <laughs> Thank the best. Thank you. Thank you.